You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. Welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Yo, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode 177 of the Fanboy Garage. Hope you guys are all well. Sorry we're a little late on this one, but uh, we did want to wait and give you guys our take on the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that's where we'll start. Chris, what'd you think? Well, uh, so I gotta say... <laughs> I, you know, we have two episodes to cover, right? Because we didn't really talk about last episode. Uh, So we'll just kind of do them in one big shot here, I guess. But, you know, I got to say that I I felt like these last two episodes and and this finale in particular um, were just fantastic Star Wars. Yeah. And... The finale, this final episode, I would actually say might be, and and probably I guess the last two episodes in total, but like this final episode in particular might be up there on the list of like my like favorite things that Disney has done with Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that would go in the list with The Last Jedi, Rogue One, and anything involving, you know, The Mandalorian. Right. Um, I just I I was just riveted to this final episode, and and a lot of it was because of just the incredible battle between Vader and Obi Wan, mm-hmm. uh, which just hit on every note. Like, it just that was perfect <laughs> yeah. to me. Uh, I mean, there's some really great stuff too at the end. I mean, this I feel like there were about a million endings to this episode. Right. Well, but, they had to close. They had to close. Close the chapter and tie some stuff up. Exactly, and make sure it all fits. Yeah, uh, but I mean, man, I don't even know where to to begin on this. I I can't get past that that battle between Obi Wan and and uh, Vader. I mean, I almost feel like at, at one point it, it almost like everything else just kind of paled in comparison mm. in this episode because it was like. I kind of like after that whole scene was over, like I, I almost didn't really even care about anything until like the very end. Right. Uh, not that that, not that what I was seeing was bad. I liked the episode in total, but like that was just so incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the choreography and just, the, just seeing like Obi-Wan be a badass, right? And just tear Invader up. <laughs> Pummeling him with rocks. Uh, yeah, and 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 just like when he was beaten, like busting up that, you know, like the the suit, you know. Oh yeah, the the uh, respirator. The yeah, the respirator thing, and then of course he he slashes the head, slashes at the helmet, and like so cuts the helmet, and so you're seeing like the fa- like Anakin slash Vader's face. Mm-hmm. And and then there's that all, and then just the look on on Obi Wan's face, right? 
like yeah. the emotion as he realizes. And then th- they did the awesome thing where th- the voice was going back and forth between right. Hayden Christensen's and James Earl Jones's. That was incredible. Um, I, that whole sequence was just unbelievable. And then, of course, at the very end of that whole thing, you know, they, they had to throw in, you know, when he he says, well, I guess, you know, whatever he says, I guess my my friend really is dead or something like that. And he goes, uh, you know, goodbye, Darth. Yeah. And he walked off and, and, you know, that was like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's, you know, there's that, that's addressing the fact that he calls him Darth, you know, mm-hmm. in A New Hope, which was cool, I thought. You know, it was like a cool way to to kind of throw that in there like he did it just as a way to say like oh you're not anakin anymore right you know so i even liked that i thought that was great um you know and then the stuff the stuff you know with reva i I, that stuff is like i I just almost feel like that like should have been a different show Mm. because it was just like they they really did try to accomplish a lot here in just six episodes Right. And I just feel like that part and and a big part of my my struggle with that was mainly because um it kind of the same thing that I had a problem with when she confronted Owen mm. in the first episode which is like when she's there and like she's carrying like Luke right to them and and she puts him down and everyone's like looking like as if he's dead and but we know he's not Right. Like I thought like it took a little bit away from that moment. Um but whatever. I mean that that to me was the the least interesting part of this whole episode. And then of course the end sequence when we get like Obi-Wan you know talking to Leia and he says to her like oh no one, you know, don't tell anyone about this. It's like okay, there mm-hmm. you go. So that's addressing the whole thing of baby why she acted like she didn't know him in a new hope. I'm still I still think that's kind of flimsy, but like whatever. That's fine. Um mm-hmm. I, I thought the moment was cool though. Like I thought their yeah. interaction, like the, them interacting was great. And then of course when he goes to, you know, Tatooine and um you know, and he, he walks up to Luke says hello there, like that actually was like wow. Yeah. Yeah, like awesome. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that whole sequence was awesome. And then, of course, we see Qui-Gon, the Force Ghost at the end. That was tremendous. Like, I just thought this was so great. Like, this was, even in the beginning, like, when when the Star Destroyer mm-hmm. is is going after them, like a callback kind of to, right, to, like, the beginning of A New Hope. Like, so much yeah. of that was, like, this was a perfect example of, like, how to do fan service but also tell your story. I mean, the entire show is fan service, but yes, it is in a sense. But like, but I meaning like the there these are moments that if you're somebody that oh you, you're you yeah, didn't you're you're going to be caught in the memory of watching of watching something that I mean that 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 episode is littered with with nice nods to various parts of uh, Star Wars. Yeah. You know. But if you if you didn't know that necessarily, let's just say you're somebody that you know sure. you haven't watched a New Hope in a while or whatever. Like it didn't wouldn't have taken away from your enjoyment no. of it. But no. as like if you if you're a big fan, then you're just eating all of that up. 
right? Yeah. And that to me is the best way to do fan service. Mm. You know, is to when you can still tell your story and but still have those moments. And you know, there were things like that that they did even in like Rogue One, I thought that that's one of the things mm-hmm. I liked about that. Um but yeah, this was awesome. Um I, I'm gonna be rewatching this finale a lot, I feel like. I, I wanna actually go back and rewatch that just that that fight with with Vader and Obi Wan. I wanna watch it over and over again. I that might be my favorite lightsaber battle in all of Star Wars. Wow. I mean I, I you know, I, I haven't gone back and watched all of them, right? Since, but I just thought it was cool because when you factor in the choreography, right? And they're not doing anything like crazy until Obi Wan like jumps across the screen and slices open the mask, but right? But but just the movements and stuff. I mean, they're they're you know just the movements and and but when you factor that in with the backstory and the emotion involved and and the exchange and all of that and what's happening in it, like to me, I just was I was eating all of that up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it did a good job, like in the previous episode, kind of setting up the, uh, you know, with the flashback. Yes, exactly. Uh, kind of set, yep. Setting all that up. I mean, five, episodes five and six were were tremendous. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. the The thing that stands out in terms of lightsaber battles is the one that didn't happen, where he just well, he did use it, but he doesn't fight Reva with his lightsaber. Right. I love that shit. I have been saying, I've been asking for that shit for so many years. It is my biggest complaint about Attack of the Clones and the Frogman Yoda jumping scene <laughs> was, you know, it's the, exactly that concept. Like, what if Yoda, if Yoda is such a powerful Jedi, he never needed to use a lightsaber. He would just do exactly what Vader did. And I'm glad it was Vader that did it, too. I loved all that shit. Um, the the you know the writing for the show has been great, specifically for Vader. Like the lines yes. that he delivers are menacing and outright scary, but also you know he is a true villain. Um, you know, it's like did you not did you think I did not know who you were? Did you not see see this coming, youngling? Like oh my gosh, yeah. <sighs> Um, you know, the, the question, even the way that it's delivered too, like there's a line where, you know, in episode six, where he is standing over what he thinks is the grave of, <laughs> of Obi-Wan. And it's like, did you think you would beat me? And there's like a sadness in it. Like, it's kind of weird how that comes across. Yeah. But it was poignant. And, um, I, I just, I love all of that. I love the the last conversation where he says, you know, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did like, Oh man. So good. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff too done with the photography and just lighting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So yep. in that scene in particular, when he's talking about Anakin Skywalker, he is basked in the blue of Obi-Wan's uh, lightsaber. And then when he says that line, um, I killed Anakin Skywalker. It flashes to red, kind of moves. Yeah. The red moves across his face, and he's got that twisted grin on his face, mm-hmm. which is just freaking outright scary, man. 
Um, I loved, I loved all that. And, and that's and, also a callback too, in yeah. a lot of ways to a new yeah, hope. Cause that hope. The, the story that Obi-Wan tells of the, like the demise of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. 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 Um, the other thing that's interesting is, uh, the attention to detail. So the scar that we see on the top of Anakin's head in uh, return of the Jedi is not present in the beginning of this uh, series, but it does get there. At the end of it, because Obi Wan slashes the, that side of his right. helmet open yeah. and scars the top of his head. Yep. So even so that's, there's, I mean, there's, there's significance to that too. Yeah. So there's lots of good stuff that that was packed in these uh, in these last two episodes. I uh, I agree. I think I think this is some of the best um, that Star Wars has to offer, um, at least under under this current sort of regime. Of people, uh, Deborah Chow outdid herself. I'm glad that she was the the showrunner on this and kind of like pulled it all together. Um, but uh, I I've said it. I don't want a season two. <laughs> Stick right. to that. I don't I don't want it. I do think some of the Reva stuff was interesting. Like, could she have just died? Uh, in the you know in in the same. In, in episode five and still had the same sort of arc maybe uh, yeah i i actually just i'll be honest with you i just i don't even think in hindsight like seeing where they went with the show like i don't even know that the the character itself or the i shouldn't say the character i don't know that the story arc was even necessary yeah like i just it, feel like like i said i feel like that kind of should have been its own show yeah sort it, of it wasn't it, it wasn't i i think i think some of it um, you know, it's it, it, she needed to be the facilitator of getting of going after you know Leo or Ghana, but that could have been anybody. Correct, and they or they could have just right, yeah. You know, and they could have just left it at that. Like the yeah. moment she gets there, you know, that person could have been killed off by Vader and the you know the, the supreme power struggle, whatever. Sure, uh, but uh, could have just been like an inquisitor, like a regular inquisitor. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. You know, they, because they did create her for the show. Yes. The thing that troubles me about the way that it was left, uh, which is also one of the reasons why they probably, you know, there's been rumblings of this season two talk is, you know, she knows about the Luke. Right. You know, she understands that there's some significance to this child. And that, that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um. You know, because here we are yet again with another uh, force-wielding person in the universe. And, you know, I said, said this because there's also rumors that there's going to be a Cal Kestis show, which I'm like, why? We have video games and that's how you're going to get all your information. But, like, for those that don't know, Cal Kestis is the protagonist of the um, Star Wars. Uh, what is the name of the game now? Oh, my gosh. Anyways, the most recent Star Wars game. It'll come to me later. Um, and he's a he's a Padawan um, that uh, continues to practice the ways of the Force during uh, uh, it's in between a new um, Revenge of the Sith and a New Hope. Jedi. So he's out. He's order, out there, like the like way. Ezra Bridger, Bridger yeah. is out there. It, Star Wars. So there's Jedi a lot of Fallen you know, that's, Order. That's was the game? Thing. What's that? Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's right. So, and there's going to be a sequel to the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's always, it's always, and he faces Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, th- this kind of stuff is interesting. Cause, and again, it's the same, 
same timeline. Um, yeah. <laughs> all of that stuff. But anyways, you know, I think they did a good job of wrapping a lot of this stuff up and not painting themselves in the corner. I do like some of the touches with, um, you know, the Leia conversation, that connection there. I love that he parted her with the the sort of like, here's who your mother was, like, and here's who your yeah, father was. Yeah, that was cool. That was really good because yep. you, that to me felt so gratifying um, mm-hmm. that – we really get to see Leia. And if there's any spinoff, there's any, I want like a Leia Organa show. <laughs> I, lo- I love that little girl. And I think there's so much more. Yeah. You story. almost can't. I mean, I don't know what else you tell as far as like her being that age, like how much more you could tell, but it's such a great character that you almost, it's a shame if that was the last that we saw. Of, yeah, she of her like that version yeah, I mean, of the she character. She says it. She says it to her father. Like, I agree to like do this, but like under certain conditions. And part of that is yes to greet whoever it is to play the role of dignitary, right? Be the princess. Mm-hmm. There's also the expectation that she goes and participates in the Senate, which is which is a great book. It's called Bloodline, where they talk about a younger. Um, actually, I'm sorry. It's a um, uh, older Leia. Organa, who uh, who is not revealed the fact that Darth Vader is her uh, father. So there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens. There's also like some flashback stuff about when Leia was was younger. Um, I, I I would th- I would think that's sort of interesting, right? Like her exploits in helping the rebellion. So maybe she pops up in Andor. Maybe that's like I you think know, that they, that's twelve episodes. Yeah, that's so, a that's a deeper one. That's yeah, a longer, I mean, there's a lot run. of a lot to fill in there. Yeah, and that, and you know we get sh- shots of Mon Mothma, so you know yeah. I, I assume that that Bail Organa is gonna have have a presence there as well as Leia. Right. Um, so yeah, so that that you know, I, I like exploring that. It makes me more comfortable with s- some of the decisions that J.J. Abrams made in Rise of Skywalker, but it does, but not no. I say that loosely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's what his I, reverence for Leia, I should say. Got it. Well, that I get. I mean, yeah, that I never had an yeah. issue with. Uh, but um you know, I will say that I agree with you about a season 2, but I think maybe for slightly different reasons. I mean, not that you would disagree with this point, but you didn't I don't think you brought it up. Like for me, the reason why I don't necessarily want to see a season two is because I feel like where they left us off with this at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe a big part of that is because this was originally just supposed to be a limited series. That's right. And, but I did notice that Disney plus lists it as the season finale, not the series mm-hmm. finale. Oh boy. Um, but I feel like where they left us off was perfect. Because yeah. not that it takes us right into A New Hope, because obviously there's time there that passes, but it, it kind of does. Like where we leave off with these characters, it's like, okay, so now they're going to be, they're on their way to being where they were when we meet them at in A New Hope. That's right. You know, That's like, right. you know, and that I thought was perfect. So it's like, I almost kind of don't want to see what happens next. Because like, I'm good with now just fast forwarding yeah, like- to A New Hope. Right. I feel like, like it's, let us it's awesome. Write the rest of the story in our own minds. Yeah. Like I look. I again. I I've 
said this a million times on here, and it's whatever. I, I'm not a fan of the prequel trilogy, right? F- mm. As a whole. So for me, I, I always, the thing that I love was I was like, you know, oh, I'm going to love now being able to watch like Rogue One into A New Hope. Right. Well, now I could watch this into Rogue One into A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And like that'll be an awesome, that'd just be awesome. But I, I kind of don't want to, I don't care because like what what are you going to do for me in between now and A New Hope that's going to be at nearly as interesting as what we just saw? Right. You know, because you're not going to, obviously you can't have Leia in it, right? You're not going to no. have Luke, right? Because we're already, he's now, that's it. That's over. Right. Until we meet them, until they all meet again. Um. So, like, where are we going with it? Like, are we going to get yeah. more of, like, Reva? It, okay, it becomes just like but, a manufactured story that, correct. that could cause more trouble than actually help. Like, I think in some cases these series... And even the things that are happening in between some of the larger cinematic moments in the OT and the sequel trilogy, I mean, the prequel trilogy, et cetera, like Rogue One is that it's enriching mm-hmm. some of the things that we've already seen, right? Like, I love the fact that in Rogue One, Jenna Urso bumps into the two the two guys right. at the uh, cantina. Yeah. Like, that's that's interesting, right? That's that's kind of funny. That's like, haha. Or the fact that Vader like mowed down a whole shit ton of rebels mm-hmm. to get to the plans, like that—that's awesome. Right. When you start doing stuff with like a Reva or anything else, it—it it, it, it just—it almost becomes like a. Well, what's the point, really? Like at this point, you're just kind of like in like uh, you're being a glutton for the. the there's, it's serving no purpose. I think that the, my biggest critique of the show is that there, the stakes were super low. Like we knew nothing can happen to Obi Wan. We knew nothing was really going to happen to Vader. The thing with Luke, to your point, I said the same thing. Like when they're carrying his body, I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's not dead. <laughs> right. This is Luke Skywalker. Um, you know, nothing was going to happen to Bill Organa. Nothing was going to happen to Leia. So, like, all of that stuff is fine, you know? The, the, the disposable people were disposable. Um, so it was just fun to watch because it's, you know, it's just like it's a story and we all kind of know how it ends, but how they got there is the, is the sort right. of in, intriguing part of it all. I don't need another one of those. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, they did show us, though, that there are ways to, even though, and while there were moments... You know, and like I said, like we both said with the Luke thing with Reva and even the Reva thing with Owen, right? In the beginning of the show, like those moments are like, that's when it's like, okay, there's no stakes here because we know what happens. But at the same time, you know, watching that, the battles between Obi-Wan and Vader, right? It's like, well, we kind of know how that ends up too, but that was still fascinating to watch. And and even though... it had its own type of stakes because they were, they managed to, f- to incorporate things, right? That, um, like, so even though there were no stakes, like we know Obi-Wan isn't going to get killed, right? And we know Vader isn't going to be destroyed. But like, if you look at what they accomplished in that moment, like we got to see it, it enhanced the relationship between the two, Right. It it 
showed us, it brought new motivations, right? It, it filled in some gaps and some things that I think in a positive way, right, that that were not there, right? So we get to see like, okay, why, you know, why was Obi-Wan the way he was when they met in A New Hope? You know, why, even little things like the, the scar, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. like all these years, I never even, there was just, I just assumed it was something that happened because he got all messed up. In you know when mm. whenever, but now like there's even a little there's something more to that now. Anytime I see that, see so that's like the opposite of like the no or the you know putting Hayden Christensen in as like the force goes like that type of thing. As little as it is, like now when I see that in Return of the Jedi, like it has sign- even more significance. You know, even though it's a little yeah. thing, because now I'm going to think about. It, I was like, oh, that's yeah, Obi Wan did okay, you know. So, like, they still manage to show us that you can still tell interesting stories and have interesting things and get me invested and get me to care, even though I, I kind of know how it's going to wind up mm-hmm. because the journey is fascinating. But they also yeah. showed the downfalls of doing that as well, where it's like you have these moments that are supposed to be super dramatic, but because it's, you know that nothing's going to happen to Owen. You know that nothing's going to happen to Luke because there's nothing else really more behind that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, all right, so this, yeah, that's, that's when it doesn't work as well. Yeah. Um, and I just think that the Reva thing in general, again, I like, I almost feel like unless you're going to use that character in another show, like, I, I don't really understand yeah. why we needed to, to go on that journey with her. If ultimately her role was to just, kind of do what she did in the end because even like even her going after Luke like what did that like really accomplish yeah I mean she wanted to kill him to hurt I mean I know why she did it but like what like what in the in the big scheme of this show what was that like what was the point of it yeah like you know what I mean? Like, so it was almost like they were telling her story, which is fine, but like I, I needed a, like a couple of more episodes of that in order for it to, to or, or I need it to have, I need to see more of it somewhere else. Like it, it almost felt like, like this backdoor pilot to a show yeah. that we, we may or may not be getting the Reva show, you know? Uh, yeah, and and at the same I, time, I, it's like what happens to her? Cause again, this is another character now that we know doesn't play a role you know, in a new hope. Right. Right. So out there. Yeah. So like really how I mean, much story is, the is there? It, 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 like, this is the interesting part of what they've been doing. So I know I've been talking at length about like, you know, getting away from the timeline, but they're doing some things in this timeline that are like, mm, is this really the, the way that we want to play it? Cause they're opening up doors to say that these characters or other characters have existed and that we were solely focused on the perspective of the Skywalker side, sure. which is very true. Yep. Right. Um, but because these folks intersected at some point, you'd imagine that they would have popped up somewhere or somehow. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I I mean, you know, Mando is a great example and that's successful. Um, you know, we know Boba Fett is around, um, and they've done a they did sort of a good job at kind of keep I say good job very lightly. Um, they did a decent job at kind of like keeping him 
in or around that era. Um, and, you know, there's a lot to be discovered between, you know, Return of the Jedi and, and post that that time frame um, because of the sequel, because the sequel trilogy is less tied to the Skywalker piece, if that makes sense. Like there's a lot that happens in between Return of the Jedi and, and The Force Awakens that you can kind of there's a lot of room to play with what what's happening there. And so I think that's why that's why Mandalorian is is successful because there's a there's a big question mark. There's a lot of stuff that could could have happened in that space. In these era, in the in the era that they're playing in now where it's like before a new hope like there's so much shit happening there that like once you start in, you know, inserting new characters, you're like that person should have or like should be around, should be popping up. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's it's it, it's weird. I think in some ways they do they are painting themselves in a corner because, like, again, you you've got a force sensitive person who, who may, um, who's out and about. Reva, who care? I mean, at this point, I don't even care. But, you know, she's out and around. She's got this secret, and then does what and goes where? And you know what I'm saying? Like, and is that even interesting at this point? Um, so, so I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, we know what happens with the, uh, the inquisitors. So like, because they're in service to, to the emperor and to Vader. So like, I'm fine with all that, but I, you know who, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's still technically a young Boba Fett running around. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think we just need to get off of Tatooine. In general, we keep on revisiting all this, the same territories over and over and over and over again. I didn't, I never wanted this fight to be taken to Tatooine. I always thought it was a little too on the nose. Um, but there was some cool shit that happened when Reva shows up. You know, the fact that uh, they did a great job of keeping the lightsaber away from Luke. So right. He never sees it. Yes. That's really good stuff. Yep. Uh, you know the 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 uh, reasoning for for them to hide is because of the Tuscan Raiders. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that's that was a good call. When Owen falls off of the platform, uh, he hurts his leg. And if you watch A New Hope, Owen Lars has a limp. Um, so that's like some really cool stuff that happened there. Yes. Um, but again, I mean, I think I think. That's almost those are like lightning in a bottle moments because I think once they start going down this road of like a you know season two or even just a Reva show like I, I don't know if I'm being I don't even know if I'll be I would be invested in let alone an Obi Wan thing because I think the draw is Vader right um, it's very, I mean yeah this show is very different if you take out the Vader stuff yeah very different. Like if this show just focused, such an important part of it. Yeah, if it was just Obi Wan battling Inquisitors, you know, whether it's Reva or anyone else, um, and you take out that, va- like, yeah, it's a very different show. I mean, obviously, it's a different show because you're taking out a major plot point. But like, as cool as the stuff with Leia was, and as great as that character was, and all of that, like, this is still a very different show without, yeah, Vader. I and mean, you would think, I mean, not think it. See a season two of this show would cannot have Vader. 
Right. And like, exactly. and also cannot have Leia, cannot have Luke, cannot have any of this. It's got to be completely disconnected. And, and I would even say that they had to be very careful about how much Obi-Wan being a Jedi you get too. Yep. Because at some point he's got to go into hiding again, right? And like you can't have him. Yeah, they got to forget about him, right? Be doing Jedi stuff because again, like that's was kind of the whole point of the character in the beginning of the show. And it's like I feel like that's where we left off with this was he was okay. He's going back now to, into hiding. So it's like, well, now what? You know, now what are you gonna do? Yeah, training the Force. I mean, that could be, but how, how, I mean, how much can you get out of that? Yeah, I mean, true. And, you know, it would be like another off-world adventure. But, I mean, that's even alluded to, like, in A New Hope where, you know, Obi-Wan says you're going to go off on an adventure with, with old Ben Kenobi or something like that. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, it's he's alluding to the fact that he's had one of these, many of these, like, kind of off-world type things these adventures and maybe that's where people are getting excited oh it'd be amazing what if he fought this person what if he ends up meeting han solo what if he does you know what i'm saying like i could see people's heads spinning on like all of the potential but again i mean the draw the draw from the get has been like a a showdown between between vader and uh and obi-wan yeah because uh, to your point, you can't have him protecting the, the Skywalker children anymore in that in that sense. And it's he's going yeah. to become an old troll. Well, and not only that, but he he already separated himself from that. Yeah, he said, "I'm not. This is you know, he's yours now, basically. Like you, you look after him." Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and that he occasionally, you know, it's alluded that he occasionally visits because now he right. has that relationship. Sure. Right? So that that's great, but like you can't over-index on that. Um, you know the way that he leaves it with Leia. You know, if you call me, I'm. You know, if you need me, I'll be there. Right, but but where they leave off with that is that's in our minds. That's the next that's time the she calls him for, is yes, or the message on R two D. Correct. So like yeah, yeah. So I think I think they need to just leave Obi Wan alone. In general, I agree. I think, I think just leave, put him on the shelf, let him be the old man that we all know him to be from from a new hope, and then it all night it all works well. Yeah, it's a nice little bow that they set up for us. Yes, they they um, really did in the end accomplish a lot with this. They they gave us, you know, so a little bit of closure on the prequel trilogy. Yeah, right. They gave us some fun new things to consider for the original trilogy, right? Um, you know, all the little things that we mentioned, the scar on the, you know, the, on Vader's, on oh, man, what about head. Darth City is popping up? Bam. Well, oh, and that Sorry was, all that yeah, shit. I was going to say, there's two things we haven't really talked much about yet, right? Which is that, and then also the, we, we did mention the, the flashbacks in episode five, mm-hmm. but you know, that was really well done. I thought too. Um, I, I love the, the narrative that it, that it played to. Yes. That was, that was brilliant. Absolutely. It was brilliant. Yeah. And again, um, like it, it's enough to yeah. where like, you don't necessarily have to watch <laughs> attack of the clones. Right. You know, you could still get these little nuggets of that, you know, if you know enough of the backstory and it's cool. 
you know. Yeah. Um, but yes, but the, the emperor showing up at the end uh, of this of this finale. Uh, so now, how did you feel about that? Did you did you think that that whole thing was a little too abrupt, almost like Revenge of the Sith abrupt, to where like you know he, Vader clearly was sort of like still a little conflicted, yeah. and then all of a sudden he just goes into this story, and it's like that's it, boom, like the switch flips, and no, no, this is very. Um, or do you think there was something else at work there? I think. There, this is the kind of stuff that pops up a little bit in some of the book stuff. Is the sort of like control that yep. Sidious has over Vader? Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I don't I I I don't know what they're hinting at. I mean, they, look, they left a couple of open open doors here. If if they wanted to pursue a Vader show, like I'd love to see yes. more of that relationship between yep. the Emperor and and Vader. This show that has to happen, right? That show. My God, I w- I mean, like if they you, they want to talk about like making like printing their own money, yeah. <laughs> like I think that would be it right there. Um, and so maybe that was a little bit of that. I I you know I did think. You know, Vader is always trying to remain on Sidious's sort of good side until he, you know, he realizes that there's been a lot kept from him. Right. Uh, that 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 Sidious lied about killing Padme mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Um, and that is ultimately like so in the comic books, that's the thing that starts to turn. Um turn Darth Darth Darth, 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 <laughs> Darth uh, away from away from the dark side um but but it's good to see that there's always that conflict right that you know he's he mentions this thing about the conflict with your old master and and all of that and uh and Vader feeling like he's got to continue to show up as like the big bad kind of guy so I, you know i thought it was i thought it was well done i i felt like yeah we were definitely going to see the emperor i'm glad i was right um you know because probably about the same age he's supposed to be in, from the original trilogy uh i just love how he he just slips back into that role so fast yeah yeah hands and everything yeah voice and even know? that final shot of that scene where they pans out right and, yeah. you know, to, from Vader just sitting there in the throne, it pans away, and the Imperial March is playing. Yeah, that's some, like great shit. Just awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, but and, and the thing is too, like that's the bigger picture. That is the bigger picture for Vader. Like, you know, he was so narrow focused on on um, finding Kenobi uh, that he overlooked a lot of other shit. Right? It's snuffing out this rebellion. Like, and that's what the Inquisitor was like. We need to chase. And so it's almost Vader's uh, uh, obsession with trying to find Kenobi that sparks that first bit of the rebellion in an interesting way, right? With this group of people like leaving and and like uh, and so like I felt like that was sort of what Sidious was referring to. Like there's more work, there's bigger work to be done, kind of maintaining the galaxy kind kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that that lends itself to some of this. Like again, going back to some of the books, like that lends itself to to a lot of that 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 interesting relationship and dynamic between the two of them because it is really about oppressing society and Vader really being the the right hand, the iron fist of the Emperor. So 
I don't know. Uh, Vader show needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like that shit. Yeah, I could I could watch a show of like Vader being dispatched. You know, on a variety of different planets to just like wipe out other Jedi or or like a bunch of rebellious people to kill them all. <laughs> I need I need to see Vader in, in, in full action again. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought, uh, I thought it was good. I thought the music too, the score for this, this last episode was like, they, we've been getting hints of some fl- flourishes of the, uh, the old, you know, soundtrack or score from the original star Wars. And, uh, it, it's t- started coming full circle in this, uh, in this episode, which I love. Like even the chase scene is like, reminded me of, um, Empire Strikes Back, where right. uh, they're trying to get away from from the Emperor, or from Vader, really. After he realizes that Luke Skywalker is uh, is his son, after that confrontation. So, uh, yeah, you know, Filoni and uh, Favreau can do no wrong, man. These these two are like the shepherds of Star Wars at the moment, and they are knocking it out of the park. Let's see what else. I'm well, and also kudos to Deborah Chow. As oh, of well course, for, for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, she she really she has an eye for nailing the aesthetic of Star Wars in a very like uh, a dark in a very dark way. Um, you know, her her episodes in the Mandalorian were were very similar, mm-hmm. um, and so I like you know I really really enjoy her her um style being brought brought to uh brought to these shows these episodes you know some of the framing and stuff like that 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 happens is is great and very very reminiscent of some of the things that we've seen previously in star wars yeah you know like yeah. the scene where vader is looking down on the grave reminded me of the scene where obi uh where maul is looking down on uh Looking down on Obi Wan, only for him to jump out and cut him in half. Right. right. Yeah, some some really good stuff. I will. Uh, I I would I want to see those last two episodes again back to back. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to be doing that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just thinking, sticking with Star Wars for a little bit. I mean, this is something. Some of these notes that we we didn't get to talk about. Um we would have been talking about if, if we had done this show on its regular day. Um, Taika Waititi, he says that his Star Wars movie will explore new territory without relying on legacy characters. And the quote is, I think for the Star Wars universe to expand, it has to expand. So uh, he's... Thank you, sir. He's, he's in my camp. Yeah, Absolutely. Taika Waititi has been sitting here listening to this podcast, listening to me rant and rave. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Probably. Love you, man. Thanks, Taika. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I guess the other thing is um, we could talk a little bit about some of the other shows, right? That are on. So, Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Uh, a couple episodes in now, and of course, the big talk over the last week though was the viewership numbers. Yeah. For the show, mm-hmm. which according to Samba TV, uh, this show is the low by far the lowest 
watched first episode, first five days, right, of any of these MCU shows. In fact, um, just looking at it here, I had the the no. I think it was seven hundred seventy-five thousand was the number from Ms. Marvel. WandaVision was one point six million. Falcon and Winter Soldier was 1.8 million. Loki was 2.5 million. Hawkeye, 1.5 million. Moon Knight, 1.8 million. And then Ms. Marvel, 775,000. Um, you know, so I have some thoughts on this. I think that there are a number of reasons for why this could be. And I think, well, first of all, let's, so people understand what Samba TV is. So Samba TV bases their estimates on about 3 million homes that uh, are watching um, smart TVs that have Samba TV enabled, okay? Uh, So, for instance, Samsung TVs do not participate in Samba TV, okay? So, um, So, basically, anybody watching on a Samsung smart TV, anyone watching on a Roku, on a Fire Stick, on Apple TV, they're not... Samba TV does not take any of that. Mobile devices doesn't take any of that into consideration. It's literally just there's about 3 million homes that have smart TVs that have actually accepted, right, the Samba TV service, right, meaning like they agree to participate uh, and that's where these estimates come from, just so people have an idea of what what these numbers mean. Now, having said that, I think a big reason for this could be just timing. I don't, for the life of me, understand and why they would choose to release this show while Obi-Wan is still on and on the same day. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you drop this on Wednesdays when Obi-Wan is dropping on Wednesdays? Um that to me doesn't make sense. I mean, I kind of get from a timing perspective because you you need it to. You have She Hulk coming out August seventeenth. You don't want this show. If you waited a month for this show, uh, for Obi Wan to finish, then it's going up against Thor. So I could see where you wouldn't want to have that conflict. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to end it in time for She Hulk, which is August seventeenth. So that that might be tough. So I, I kind of understand it, but at, why do it on the same day? At least maybe drop it on Fridays or something. Drop it on a different day. That, to me, doesn't help. I mean, there's also, as we mentioned in the last episode, there's a lot of stuff that's on right now. Mm-hmm. And we talked about all the things that we're watching. I mean, I'm trying to find time for all of this. Um, and, you know, a show like Ms. Marvel, like, had it not been for, like, this podcast, I probably would have waited and, you mm-hmm. know, maybe binged you know, a few episodes, right? You know, like I, I don't think I would have rushed to watch that first episode, and I also think the marketing didn't help. Mm-hmm. This show was very much marketed as a kid show, yeah. And even if you look at like the posters and the billboards and stuff that I see, like it looks like a Disney Channel Nickelodeon kid show, yeah. So I, I think that you know people. Well, look at I mean, that, it is kind of that show. Well, kind of, but but at the same time, like. You know, this is a new character and it doesn't have the benefit that Moon Knight had of having somebody like an Oscar Isaac in it that's Mm -hmm. known. Right. So as great as she is, and I think she's great, like she's not known. So you have an unknown character, you have an unknown lead, 
and it shows marketed as like a kid show, I think people were just like, oh, we can skip this one for now. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they'll catch up with it later. Until until there's some connective tissue between the rest of the MCU. And people are like, oh, shit, I got to catch that. Right. Yeah. Probably. Which there will be. Uh, we know. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, so I think that the, like a lot of that, those all factor in. Right. I think that those are all reasons for why. Plus, also, if you think about it, too, and I don't know how much this factors in, but it's definitely, you know, food for thought. If this show was marketed and is targeting a younger audience, right? Knowing what I just said about Samba TV, what is one thing that like younger audiences don't do a lot of, right? And we've talked about this. People who have followed streaming and we people who have been on talking about streaming and changes in viewing habits for years yeah, they're now. They're watching this shit on their phones. They, right. Young, young, young people, right, are not watching TV shows on televisions. They're watching it on mobile devices. And if Samba TV is exclusively factoring in smart TVs... And and this show is geared towards a younger audience. Now, I'm not saying that that's why the ratings are cut in half, okay? I think it's mm-hmm. a combination of things. But that is certainly something else to consider as well, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a ton of reasons why the, the numbers were where they are. Yeah, it's not, it's, it, and it, it's not because of quality. Well, that's for sure. It's well, actually one of the highest thing. rated Marvel Studios things ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I, I adore the show. I, I I think it's endearing. I think I think it's uh, it's not my typical Marvel fare. Obviously, sure. I'm not. Yeah. I am not the target audience for no, this. Nor nor am I. Yeah. But there's it's got a lot of heart and a lot of personality. And it's very different. It um, does. Yeah. And you know it's something that I um I think is look. There was there was always something about the the Marvel sort of blueprint, and I don't see this of a cinematic universe. Marvel in general is very good at grounding their characters in real life shit, drama, mm-hmm. and I feel like that comes through in Kamala, um, not just in the comic book, but the way that she's portrayed, and she's meant for a, a, a to be celebrated by a very specific group of people. And and transcend that group of people, right? And I think they're they're doing a great job at nailing that. Yeah, like the cultural nuances that are very much part of the DNA of the show. Sure, and the character come yep. through very very strong. Oh and yeah, I think I think it's it's uh, it's stuff that I think um, you know Stan who Stanley and, and and many others who um, helped kind of introduce first time black characters. You know, et cetera, I, I think would would champion and, and and be very proud of. Yeah, and and you know, also, I mean, I do think in some ways, you know, there are the this version of the story that they're telling, right? You know, it has its parallels. I mean, look, we we've seen Spider Man stories like this, yeah, right, for years. Yeah. It's just this is a little different. But having said that. The one thing that Marvel was great with, and Stan Lee in particular, was great at this. And we've we've actually talked about this before, this idea of universal themes. Mm-hmm. Is that they, as fantastical, right, as these stories are, right, you know, Spider-Man, you know, someone with the powers and all of that, right, can be. 
he had a way of of incorporating these universal themes that people could relate to, right? So I can't relate to, um, you know, having the powers of a spider. I can't relate to that, right? But I can relate to being a, a kid in school who has a crush, you know, on the girl next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, who's, you know, just kind of coming of age and trying to figure out where he fits in his body, in the society, just in general, right? I can relate to those things. And the same thing here, like with this story, you know, I obviously I can't relate to being a young girl, right? Right. Or a young girl in a Muslim, you know, family. But what I can relate to is being young mm-hmm. and coming of age and, and having a crush, my first crush and having, you know, dealing with my parents, you know, and how they, you know, things like that. Like, those are things that I can relate to. So even now here as an adult who doesn't necessarily have a ton of things in common with this main character, I, I there were enough things, enough universal things that they're using in this show where I can relate to those things. Right. And that's what makes characters endearing mm-hmm. and timeless. And, and I think that they're doing a really good job of that. Yep. Yeah, agreed. I um, can't wait to see what else some of these other shows have in store for us. Um, it, I, I think a lot of what Miss um, Marvel is doing is it's it's almost carving the path for shows like She Hulk, which is supposed to be a little different. You know, obviously this is it's also very different. Yes. Um, and and you know this may this may all kind of go back up to the beginning. Uh, for for these Marvel shows, which was WandaVision, being sort of very, you know, again, very different from what people I think expected it to be, um, and so I like I like the confidence that Marvel has in terms of creating very different styled um, uh, shows, TV shows that um that are ultimately accomplished the introduction of a new character but are doing it in very like stylistic kind of ways it is very comic booky in that sense where a different artist is taking is drawing this specific art you mm-hmm. know this specific character and kind of like showing showing them differently um and so i like i like the the sort of artistic freedom that marvel is expressing in, sure. in these shows although i will say i i do think though actually in the big scheme of things um this show is more you know far more straightforward as far as the the feel of it and the than than like WandaVision or even like a Moon Knight right like I feel like this isn't you know like WandaVision was just doing some really weird stuff mm-hmm. right and and you know same thing with Moon Knight I feel like this show is fairly straightforward now the the themes and the you know, some of that stuff may be a little different, but like I like like what they're going to do with She-Hulk, it seems like make it like a comedy and stuff like that's not what this is doing. No, this is still a fairly straightforward, like coming of age story. Right. I mean, it's it's modern because it's dealing with more modern themes and cultures and stuff like that. Cultural issues. But but it's still, I think, a pretty straightforward show in its execution. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't listen. I don't necessarily have a problem with doing things different, but I do think that since this is a shared universe, things do need to fit. Yep. Ultimately, um, 
and so we'll see how they can navigate how they manage to navigate that. I mean, we've seen them do do it in bits and pieces, you know, here and there. But yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some other things here. Um, let's see. So we have. Well, we got this whole Ezra Miller thing, and you know, it's like, geez. I mean, at this point, I, I love them when you see things like, well, it looks like they're going to move on from him or from them after um, after the this, you know, the Flash movie. Because then it's like, well, uh, yeah, I would think. Uh, yeah, no shit. I mean, I can't imagine they would, you know, be sticking around after that. I mean, the question is going to be, what do they do with them? Like until the Flash movie comes out, which is yeah. a while. It's a year from now. I mean, I mean, anything can happen at this in, in the you know right now. He's or ugh, they yeah. have to uh, eat somebody's corpse, and then that movie would be shelf. I imagine. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's probably as bad as it's got to get before that actually happens. But like, you know, money talks. Sure, sure. Ezra Miller. They don't want to work with. Uh, them during um, you know after after the Flash, but if the Flash makes a billion dollars of it, they'll shoot they'll change their tune. So, sure, whatever. I I don't even want to like that's shit. I could care less about. Which, Ezra Miller has a lot of problems. Oh yes, well that's for sure that they need to sort out. Yes, um, it's not just about this flash movie it's about like a human being in the middle of it that is in crisis mode so good luck to them yeah yeah that's for sure uh so a couple of other little notes here um the next planet of the apes film looks like it's scripted and going to be setting up a new trilogy uh so i mean i i loved those three movies so I'm all for that. If they keep that quality, mm-hmm. great. Um, you know, we'll see, though. And how about Deadpool 3? So, Rhett Reese calls Deadpool 3 a fish out of water story. <laughs> and he says that oh, it's man, imagine taking a lunatic and uh, at the center and putting him into this very sane world, which makes me think that it might actually be maybe like, is it going to be like this self-aware meta thing where they drop him into like the MCU and he's like, what the hell am I doing here? Cause that could be pretty awesome. I think that's exactly what they're going to do with this whole, like, okay. So Dr. Strange dropped today. On yes. June 22nd and this on idea, Disney Plus. and on Disney plus, and we're getting a little bit of that in, in Miss Marvel about, you know, people from other dimensions being dropped off in this particular universe. Yes. That's a very real thing. Yes. And that you that's know? brilliant if they do that. I mean, yeah, if he gets stuck <laughs> and then he's just talking to the camera because that's what happens in his world. Yes. And everyone's like, what are you, what? I mean, who are you talking to? And he's like, oh, in my world, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that is who Wade Wilson is in the comic books. Yeah. I mean, you could he almost has, do. He breaks the fourth wall and people and the characters in the books look at him like, who are you talking yes. to? Yes. 
Yeah. And they could go, and I hate to bring this up, but like the last action hero route, like when, when Arnold Schwarzenegger's character tries to break the, the window of the car. Yeah. And he's like, wait, and it like, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So things like that, that, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So if that's where they are going with this, then that's sweet. I'm all, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually just saw this today. Speaking of part threes, uh, are you excited for my big fat Greek wedding three? Sign me right the F up. Let's do it. Uh, that begins production now. Can't wait. Their daughter is going to be getting married in this one. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that belongs on this show, but sure. I just figured you'd be excited for it. No, actually, what I was more excited to talk about is Craven the Hunter being an animal lover versus animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Animal. <laughs> Craven the Hunter. And his alliance with PETA. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what. It, it, they had wrapped already, too? I have zero interest in that movie. My I have zero interest in the, the actor. I have zero interest in the movie. I, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it'll it'll be here before you know it. They, I mean, Sony's milking, milking, trying their best. He's ringing out. All the all the good juju that was bestowed upon the franchise, thanks to its connection to the MCU, and they're just gonna ring it all out now. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. How about the Game of Thrones sequel series about Jon Snow? Could care less. That's it. You're done. I'm, dude. I w- I've been done since like season four. Oh, so you're. Done, done. Got Dude, it. I'm a book purist. If George R. R. Martin would just get off his fat no, ass forget and the, finish it's, it's, his effing book. Forget the book. Just throw the books out. There's never finishing them. I'm going to burn them. Yeah. He's not. No. That man is so dumb. Well, he's not that dumb. He made a fortune, but. No, he's a dumb bitch. Tired of, I'm tired of George R. R. Martin. He left a whole bunch of fans just waiting. How do you do that, man? I, how do you do don't that? Look at me. I don't know. I didn't do it. How do you? How do you? How do you write books and then forsake your books? Well, it's money. That's what it is. That's the answer. HBO was like smack. Here's hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars off your face. Pow! Don't ever write a book again. Pow! You want you want to write a book? How about you write a screenplay? Pow! Money in your face, you fat bastard. Wow. All right, that's got dark. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, how about Manny Montana? Uh, fresh off of his run this season on Mayans. Uh, now joining the cast of Ironheart. Um, I don't even know who Manny Montana is. He was the guy... And I haven't finished Mayans. Okay. So, so he's the, the guy man. on this past season of Mayans who um, was from like that other charter that kind of was oh, working with... Oh, the with the tattoo on the neck. He exactly. His neck look like a giraffe. There you go. That's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. him. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's, okay. That's filming soon. Ironheart. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be announcing apparently the rest of the cast soon. Very cool. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, were you one of the people that watched? Because uh, I, since you're, I know so how excited you were for my big fat Greek wedding three. I figured you might be one of the people that watched the Father of the Bride remake on HBO Max. Pass. No. So I didn't even know this was a thing. It's uh, isn't it with Andy Garcia it, and Gloria Stefan? Yeah, yeah I didn't but see it. it drew HBO Max's biggest audience for a streaming only film. Holy shit. Yes. Slide over, Zack Snyder. That's why I figured I'd bring that up because I was like, wait, what? first of all, I didn't even realize this was a thing. Yeah. And second of all, apparently a lot of people did. <laughs> so wow. it's like, how did that word get around? But some of these other things like people can't find. Yeah. I mean, I've seen nothing on this, Father of the Bride. I haven't seen a, I a, saw one a commercial, a billboard, a flyer, a, a, a social media. put. Now, granted, I probably... You know, I'm not hitting things that would, you know, lead them to feel like I needed to see that on my social media. But at the same time, it's like, how exactly do you, I don't know, it, that just floored me. I did not think that that would be the movie to do that. But mm. you know. no, I, I saw one thing on like Instagram. That was it. Right. And I'm a fan of the, of the. The original, original, well, the original oh, with Spencer Tracy and the Steve Martin, Martin Short, not the sequel, but the, the first one. Yeah, I'm a fan of th- th- both of those movies, um, but I don't know. Uh, I'm also a fan of the original My Big Fat Greek Wedding. It's one of my favorite comedies, not the sequel. Oh, but okay. that's why this was relevant. Okay, sure. Uh, anyway. Uh, I guess on a somber note, we lost another legend of the comic book industry, uh, Tim Sale. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah, he, oh, uh, yeah, passed away at the age of 66. He had, um, apparently he, he just had some severe health issues. Um, I mean, this guy, you know, really well known for his working with Jeff Loeb, right, on... Haunted Night, The Long Halloween, Dark Victory, that whole series. Some of my favorite Batman stories ever. Uh, Also did um, uh, Superman for All Seasons. Did The Long Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Daredevil Yellow, Catwoman Went in Rome, Hulk Gray, Spider-Man Blue. You know, did a lot of great work. Um, So, I mean, there we've, unfortunately, we've had a lot of you know, a lot of these comic legends um, passing in the last, like, few months, which is sad. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I know we said we weren't going to talk box office, and we, we won't get too in-depth, but, like, how about... I mean, forget about the what Top Gun Maverick is doing, which is ridiculous. It just passed 900 million Bananas. worldwide, and it's going to blow past 500 million domestic in the next few days. But how about Lightyear, like, Kind Just of tanking. Yeah. Yeah. It was projected uh, it, to do eighty million in somebody weekend. It did like fifty four or fifty five million. Wow. I think I think it may be because people may have been conditioned to what Pixar has been doing, which is basically just dropping them on Disney Plus. You think like that's the, what it is? The latest Pixar movies have all dropped on Disney Plus. It's the first one since the pandemic to get a theatrical release. A sole theatrical release. Yeah, but I mean, how does that explain though that like 
I mean, nobody wanted to see it. Now it's summertime. Kids are still in school. Well, that I get, but I mean, that's probably, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know, man. That's very weird. Um, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it just, people didn't understand it either. The marketing, I think may have been a little different. Right. Uh, because it was more of like an action thing, but, and then after, after you see the trailers, then it's like, oh, if Andy, you know, this is the movie that got Andy excited about getting Buzz Lightyear, but then there's no connection to Toy Story. See what I'm saying? Like, like how they have done like a, like a flashback scene of Andy going to the movies to see this movie <laughs> and then going, I want a Buzz action, a Buzz Lightyear action, like a, you know, Buzz Lightyear action figure that maybe that would have maybe that would have changed the tune. Like, I think, you know, people may have been kind of, or maybe just don't give it, gives a shit anymore because it doesn't have Woody. <laughs> right. I don't know. Or people are just waiting 45 days for it to drop on Disney plus for free. Maybe, but that wouldn't, I mean, but then, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not like they're not going to movies though. That thing, like it's weird. Mm. Yeah, so I just thought that I was like, wow, that's what other what other family film is out there? Like I heard the bad guys was still making bank, right? But like, yeah, but not to, I mean, not to where you would think it would, right? You know, not not, not Pixar level money. Yeah, that it would cut into cut into that significantly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's uh, it, it. This one was a you know a little surprising. Um, mm. I mean, just because the the Toy Story franchise is just so massive. But this isn't a a Toy Story. It's not, but still, I mean, people are going to associate it for themselves. They're going to put two and two together, Mm. right? I mean, you know. Yeah, uh, it's just a little, uh, I mean, there's really not much. I mean, the bad guys, but the bad guys did a million dollars. Right. You know, so it's Sonic Two did two hundred thirty nine thousand. So it's not, yeah. I mean, it's really not. There's nothing else out there drawing drawing the kids. I I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually looking at the the finals came in. It, it was actually fifty point seven, put fifty point five million. So it wasn't even as much as they thought. It was even lower. Mm. You know. Interesting. We'll see if it picks up. Yeah, I guess. I guess we'll see what it does week two. Mm. The reviews have been okay. You know, I mean, it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes 74, but it's not like Toy Story, you know, 90% or whatever type stuff, you know. Right. But I don't know. I thought that was interesting. So, uh, yeah. I mean, other than that, I got nothing else. Uh, I guess the next thing that we have is... um, Thor, right? Yeah. Thor is coming. Uh, a whole bunch of other shows are starting again. Westworld uh, comes back uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, what else comes back? I know Think, Umbrella Academy uh, is on now, and for those watching that. and Yeah. I, uh, I finished the first volume of Stranger Things. Um, okay. So that was... Uh, now that that's a good, it's a very good show. 
I'm enjoying it. The boys are still going. And- I still, I, dude. I've had to stop watching the boys. I've had to stop watching uh, Mayans because there's too much shit happening. Um, but I will get get to those. I'll get back to those hopefully this week. Yeah. I was watching Mayans actually before we recorded. Okay. So I know it just wrapped. Yes. This week, right? This yeah. This week was the well. Um, Last week was the finale. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait to watch it. Yeah. All right. So well, let's wrap it up. Yeah. On that note, we'll get out of here. Uh, of course, you can go to thefanboygarage.com and check out all of our stuff and join the conversation on the social medias, the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitter at the Fanboy Garage. And you can find me on Twitter at RealCLMighty. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Speaks. Thank you again for listening to episode 177 of the Fanboy Garage. We will catch you guys next week. Take care. You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast.